Okay, parachute's ready. Boy, the things I go through to get on all on rates as low as 0.99% APR for 60 months on new vehicles with PenFed. You are aware that you don't have to be a military member to save hundreds on your auto loan, aren't you? Anyone can join PenFed. As someone terrified of heights, I probably should have looked into that. Probably. Drop me off at the shore. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org autos or call 1-800-247-5626. Advertised rates available through the PenFed car buying service. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Welcome to Accelerate Your Business Growth with your host, Diane Helbig. Diane is a leading small business development and leadership coach, author, and speaker who is passionate about sharing valuable ideas, tips, and techniques with business professionals worldwide. Diane brings you the world's experts and gurus in all things business, whether it's sales, structure, social media, planning, or plateauing, guests bring their expertise and energy to each episode. When growing your business is your focus, Accelerate Your Business Growth is the show to listen to. Got a topic or guest suggestion? Let Diane know. The goal is to make sure you have the information you need to move your business forward. Thanks for joining us. Settle in and enjoy. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. Today's show is sponsored by Audible.com. Audible.com is a leading provider of spoken digital audio entertainment and information. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Get a free book when you sign up for a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth. As many of you know, uh, this podcast is enjoying inclusion on lists of the best podcasts to listen to in all sorts of places like um, Inc.com and MSNBC's Your Business, uh, Fit Small Business, uh, Proven, um, and, a, and a bunch of others. It just you know, continues to be added to the list, and we are tremendously grateful for that and are fully aware that it is in um, great, uh, like the biggest reason is because of the guests that I have had the pleasure of speaking with over the years. These are really, you know, wonderful people, very giving people who take, you know, time out of their day to share their expertise with all of you. So you can pick out the things that you need uh, and implement them and hopefully do better things in your business. Um, today we have such a person. Uh, my guest is Deb Calvert. Deb is president of People First Productivity Solutions. She is also the author of Stop Selling and Start Leading and Discovery Questions Get You Connected one of the top 20 most highly rated sales books of all time. Deb has been named one of the 65 most influential women in business and is a top 50 sales influencer. She is also founder of the Sales Experts Channel and a Berkeley instructor on sales development principles, a certified master of the leadership challenge and certified coach, sales and leadership speaker and trainer. Thanks for joining me today, Deb. Diane, it is a real pleasure to be here. Congratulations on all those uh, awards and accolades. I believe you and your program are deserving of every single one of those. 
well, thanks. And, you know, some of that's due to you because <laughs> you've been on here before providing really great information. And I appreciate you coming back to uh, share even more with my listeners. So, you know, it's uh, it, it's just a great thing that, that uh, we're putting out there for people. And I appreciate you and all the other guests that are helping me do it. Okay, it works for everyone, especially it's for not. audience members who find this show. And I hope there are more and more of them every day. Well, me too. And there are. And thank you for that. And so, and speaking of when you were here before, you introduced um, the Stop Selling and Start Leading movement back in April. Um, would you just give us a quick review, um, just so we have context for as we go through today's conversation? You bet. So, Stop Selling and Start Leading. It doesn't mean to stop selling. We want to make more sales. It means to replace those old school sort of stereotypical sales behaviors that buyers avoid and replace them with what? Leadership behaviors because we conducted a massive research study and found that 30 very specific leadership behaviors cause buyers to want to be meeting with the sellers who demonstrate them more frequently and increase the likelihood of buyers buying from those sellers who are demonstrating leadership behavior. So in essence, stop selling and start leading is a behavioral blueprint to be more effective with modern buyers. Wonderful. And of those behaviors that you discovered that buyers want to see, what's the one that ranked at the top? Oh, the number one, and there are 30 of these behaviors, the number one is that the seller fully answers my questions and provides information that is relevant, timely, and useful. And what I think is so interesting about this being at the top, when we dive into it deeper and we look at all the buyer comments that came, a lot of this has to do with the questions they ask us that we do duck and dodge questions, for example, like price before we've really established value. And so this is a bit of a dance. How do we make sure that we're doing what needs to happen before we can quote an accurate price before the value is on the table? How do we engage the buyer a little bit differently so they don't feel like we're not answering since that is the number one thing they're not looking for us to do? Wow. I totally get that. That just yeah. makes perfect sense to me, right? And I think if we think of our own interactions with salespeople, we we know that that's what we're thinking as well. It is. And there are other studies, other research. HubSpot did a buyer perception study that said something very similar. It said that in the first sales call, only about 30% of sellers are willing to or actually do talk about price. Whereas buyers, I forget their numbers, in the 80% want to talk about that. So we've got a big disconnect. Boy, no kidding. Okay. So um, what are some of the, those you know, behaviors that um, the buyers are looking for that really pertain to how we ask questions? Okay, so these two things go hand in hand. They want us to answer their questions, and they want us to ask different kinds of questions. Hmm. So let me come back to our research first. Within the top 10 behaviors, there are quite a few things about this interaction that we have with buyers. In the very first call, when we're doing needs assessment sorts of work, 
when we already have established relationships, these are universal throughout the buyer-seller interactions. Just a couple of other behaviors, for example, to provide some more context. Number three out of all 30, the seller acknowledges and affirms my ideas and is willing to brainstorm with me to build new ideas and insights together. And then just a little bit further down the list, the seller engages in two-way dialogue with me as he or she strives to understand my needs. Okay, so that's behaviorally the kind of things our buyers are asking us to give them more frequently. Let me just peel the onion back even more. What they're saying is that when we come to them with a laundry list of questions and then we follow our own script and we act as if it's a survey rather than a conversation or when we go away and we come back and we drop our own insights with them and, you know, ta-da, here you go, this is what's going to work for you, there's pushback. Buyers don't want us to do all that work. We're working way too hard. So the, the, the answer to both of these questions, how to answer their questions and how to ask them better questions, it's all wrapped up in this idea of it being a more dialogic approach and a less diagnostic approach. Dialogue, the two-way exchange. Dialogue, where they get to participate in creating what they want. Dialogue, where we are co-creating insights Uh, brainstorming together to generate ideas, dignifying what they have to offer, getting them excited and inspired because this is something that comes from them, not just from us. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. I mean, it just completely, I I really get it. It, it, It's really an engagement, right? it's, It's a discussion about a, a topic, about an issue that they're having, and doing it together, I, I mean, I, that just makes so much sense to me. I can see how that would be so much better for everybody, and and it, it's that it would make the buyer feel like they were being heard because it's a conversation. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head a few moments ago when you said it's what we all feel too, because this is what's happening. As consumers in the B2C space, we go to all these different places, Sephora makeup counter, uh, the DIY workshop at at Home Depot, um, Bass Pro Shops, Chipotle Mexican Grill, you name it. If if you look at, at your own choices as a consumer, you are picking things that cause you to do more work as a consumer, and you love it. It's the experience that, you know, we don't want someone to just give us a, the generic, everybody else gets it too. Yeah. I, you know, it's so interesting for me because I know, you know, like when I talk to people about sales and we talk about th- that actual sales meeting and I say to them, you know, these people want to know that you're responding to what they're telling you, that you're having – I mean, and I haven't even said the thing about the conversation, but just that you're really hearing them and that the solution that you have is really for them, not just something you pulled off the shelf and said, you know, here, because, I mean, what too many people do is they just make this assumption that what they have is perfect for, you know, fill in the blank, and they don't spend any time having that conversation with them. 
Absolutely. You know, most of us do have products that have some level of customization, even if it's about a method of delivery or a number of times per quarter we're checking in something that the buyer can have more input about. And and even if it is something where there's there's not a lot of product customization, even then giving the buyer a voice, a choice in coming to those conclusions as opposed to click, 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 we just fit them into our pre-made boxes where they feel like it's robotic and not about them at all. Psychologically, emotionally, it, it, relationally, it, it makes a big difference. Yeah, yeah. It's too disconnected the other way. And when you were talking about diagnostic, I kept thinking about going to the doctor where you know they diagnose you, they ask you a question, you answer it, they come up with a conclusion and they give it to you. But it's not really a conversation any deeper than that about what's really going on with you. No, and, you know, maybe it's the doctors I go to, uh, but I get frustrated by those conversations because so often I've, I've got other questions. I've got other things. I've got, I've done my little internet research that you're probably not supposed to do. And so I've got yeah. <laughs> my own theories. <laughs> and I want to talk about those things too. I don't want to just give the yes, no answers or the, you know, cough here, cough again, yeah. it, where it feels so uh, routine, rote. Right. Right, right. That's exactly right. Okay. Um, just to make sure that, that people are hearing this, because I know this is something that, boy, you know, small business owners, they really struggle with this. So can you give us, like, some examples of dialogue and examples of diagnostics? So, you know, maybe the, you know, the, the examples people can latch on to? You bet. So, Diagnostic, uh, if you are using a scripted set of questions and you're going right down that set of questions and you are not following the natural course of the conversation, if you don't have some natural curiosity that takes you on a tangent, if you're not listening for the emotions behind answers, you can be almost certain that you're conducting a diagnostic interview and your buyer is bored and doesn't feel engaged and couldn't possibly want to see you any differently than they see every other seller. Questions that you might have on that kind of a prefab survey would be things like, uh, towards the bottom of it, it says, what's your budget? Towards the top of it, it says, what are your business goals? Uh, and then in between there, you, your other questions are mostly self-serving. Let's face it, you're, you do need that information but from the buyer's perspective, they told us loud and clear, it feels like they're being asked to give information that can be used against them. So that's diagnostic. Dialogic, my, my first book was Discover Questions, Get You Connected. And it, it, it has different kinds of questions in it that are dialogic. So I'll, I'll use some of those as, as examples here. Great. Um, one is a value question. So the V in Discover, that acronym, stands for value. And it's high, high value to a seller to ask these kinds of questions. And buyers also love these because it makes them think. And, and when someone makes you think, you think they're pretty smart. You, um, you actually do the thinking work. And, and so you get more married to whatever it is you're talking about. And there's created value. It never happened until that exact moment when you were pushed to think about something that mattered. 
a value question sounds like, out of all these needs you have in your business, tell me what, what matters most to you right now and, and why. I'm really interested to know what, what's going on and how you prioritize things. And you listen and you wait for the emotion, you hear the emotion, and you ask follow-up questions like, why does that one mean so much to you? And give me a little more background about this one. It sounds like that matters a lot to you personally. What, where's that coming from? And those are different questions entirely. And, and they don't have to yeah. take longer. I'm not saying now your needs assessment is going to be three hours long. It ought to be more efficient because you're getting to the heart of what you need even quick, more quickly. That's really great. I mean, because really, I mean, what I hear you saying is that then you're really gaining insight into what is really going on. What really are the pain points? What really matters? What What is the, you know, the, the problem or the thing keeping them up at night or, you know, wh where is their focus so you can be responsive Yes, because our buyers are, yeah. are just like us, right? We woke up this morning with 15 things on our list or more, yeah. and then something got our attention and we got swept up in something else. And those 15 things kept sitting there because we never have the luxury of stopping until it's critical. <laughs> we don't get the luxury of someone saying to us, Diane, tell me what, what really matters to you right now and why does that matter? And there's such validation in someone having that kind of interest yeah. in you. Yeah, right. Exactly. And there's no um, like there's no presumption in any of that, right? That there's no the, the seller presuming that they already know what this person is going through or cares about or is experiencing. You bet. And what's funny, because I get this question a lot from sellers, they will say, well, obviously, she's in XYZ position. So the thing she cares about is, <laughs> and, and sometimes they are right. Sometimes we can tell by job title and circumstances what that's going to be. Even then, the buyer being able to think about it, yeah. to put it into their own words, and then to hear their own words echoed back to them in a solution, I, the power of that yeah. is well worth the three or four minutes it's going to take to ask and hear the answer to that question. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That, that I think is really um, poignant. I mean, th that is really a great point. Okay. I'm going to take a quick sponsor break and then I have more questions for you. Okay. Accelerate Your Business Growth Podcast is happy to be sponsored by audible.com. Audible.com is a leading provider of spoken digital audio entertainment and information. They have over 150,000 titles to choose from, and you can listen to them on any device, including whatever you're hearing us on right now. If you sign up at our link, which is audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth, you get one free audiobook and a one-month trial of the service. Some examples of books you can listen to on audible.com are 80-20 Sales and Marketing by Perry Marshall and The Go-Giver by Bob Berg. So visit audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth, explore the books that are of interest to you, and receive one free audiobook when you sign up for the trial. Today we're talking with Deb Calvert about a new way to assess needs in an organization when you're selling. And Deb, I should have asked you um, if either or both of your books are on Audible. Not yet. Uh, the second book will be there sooner than the first one. The second book is uh, due for release in March. It's called Stop Selling and Start Leading. 
We have our questions because there is so much work. It's, it's a workbook as much as it is a, a standard book. I, I haven't made it available through Audible. It, yeah. it requires pen and paper to, to really get the most out of that book. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. So, um, so let's talk about the first book because um, it was about a different you know, research project uh, with buyers and went you know, deep into the question types, but how does it fit with the new research that you did? It, I, I actually initially tried to avoid this association because it felt very much like I was had a little confirmation bias or something. I, I wanted them to fit, <laughs> and I was glad when it was finally proven to me that they do fit, and it wasn't just me trying to, to force that. Uh, but yes, buyers today, our, our current research buyers today, want these dialogues and they want purposeful questions that give them that opportunity for a two-way dialogue. We know that. My 20 years of research before this that went into my first book, uh, that book was published in 2013, that book is all about how to ask eight different purposes of questions, types of questions, each with a different purpose, so that you are creating connections with buyers and you're differentiating yourself and, and you're getting information that you need that creates value. And so I've now had the opportunity with both research projects to, to intermingle the two of them and to do some A-B testing and you know, they really do fit together. So project two, we want questions and dialogues. Project one, here's how you do it. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, so is there, is there, so I get it that, that, or am I hearing you correctly? I guess is really what I want to ask that buyers don't like, um, the diagnostic process because it isn't connective enough for them. Cause it isn't, they don't feel like they're part of the process. Yes. It to them, it's mundane. Every seller's doing it, and their experience has been that sellers don't really listen anyway, that they kind of go through the motions. Yeah. And then they get a little bit of information, and as soon as they get just a little bit of information, they pounce. So it feels like um, you're asking me questions. It's not very genuine, and all you're looking for is something that will cause you to now back me into a corner. Right. So they, they resist. And they, that's one of the reasons why it's so much harder than it used to be to get an appointment to, to do some diagnostic needs assessment because buyers are just shutting down about that process. They have to know it's going to be different. Well, how do they know it's going to be different? That, that's a good point. How do they know? Right from the start. Your emails, cold, even if, if you haven't spoken to somebody, your cold calls, your voicemails, your first conversation when you get somebody live on the phone or in person, you've got to ask these smarter questions, more purposeful questions that distinguish you from the pack right at the beginning. And that's not easy to do because, of course, buyers have their uh, defenses up. They put up that, sure. that brick wall. Um, and I've had some sellers who are having very good success simply telling people, I know how you feel about sellers and the questions they typically ask. I promise you I'm going to do something different here. And that's a big promise. Uh, I interview buyers that the research I do is in field with sellers post uh, interviews with buyers. And so buyers tell me when they hear that question, they are simultaneously skeptical 
and curious enough that they'll go ahead and see what happens next. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. Do you think this is something that is hard? If this feels like a real paradigm shift, is it that significant and is it that hard for someone to learn how to do? It's very difficult for someone who doesn't first have a true intent. It's very easy for someone who feels like they now just got unshackled from the needs assessment questions that were on that piece of paper that somebody told them they had to ask and they never really felt good about the process. When they're unshackled from that and can go have a conversation where it's two humans who have a common interest solving a problem and can just have a dialogue, that's actually pretty easy for most salespeople because they were attracted to the profession in part because of their conversational skills and their desire to to interact with folks. It's all this artificial stuff that's that's been keeping them from reaching their peak effectiveness. Okay, so that makes complete sense to me. And as you were saying it, I was thinking about um, something that I hear a lot from salespeople in organizations where they'll say, yeah, but my sales manager is, you know, on me about numbers, on me about how many people am I talking to a day, you know, on and on and on. And so I guess my question, it seems to me like this is, you know, you can listen to your sales manager and go, yeah, 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 and still go back and do this because the results are going to be even better. But but I guess my question is, you know, what do you find about this concept in larger organizations where sales managers have preconceived ideas of what their salespeople should be doing? I, I wish that I could say that bucking your sales manager would give you no problems at all uh, because <laughs> you're going to be able to prove yourself so quickly. But we know that there yeah. are some who are looking at you know the questions that get put into the system or whatever the process is, and, and some who Frankly, their intentions are good, these sales managers. They know that this is the information that's needed. They know this question, the one that they've written to put into the system is a question that goes after that information. And and they make it a little too occasionally married to a process without thinking about the results. So I ask, when I come across sales managers like that, I, I directly ask them, tell me what you really want. Do you really want people to follow your script? Or do you want people to make sales? And what if they could gather this information in a different way that made them more effective in getting sales? Would that be okay with you? Uh, But I understand that's not always comfortable for a seller to ask their direct manager. Yeah, right. Exactly. It really, I mean, and you're so dead on because it really is, you know, what do you want? Do you want people doing what you're telling them to do? Or do you want them to actually be successful and get the results that they need? So, Right. Yeah. Where's the goal? Um, And the other good news that I give to sales managers is if I could get people to make those sales advance faster by asking fewer but better questions, would that be okay? Because that's frankly what happens. You engage people more quickly than you don't have. You have more who who stick around for part two, three, and four in the close, and, and you have faster discovery processes. So you're your sales cycle then uh, shortens up a little bit. These are all positives. Yeah, right. Okay. So if there's, you know, someone listening who who um, is in an organization, they're thinking, boy, you know, I would really love to be able to do something with this. 
in the coming year, um, what are some of the opportunities for them to access the research and the shifts that you're talking about that you're recommending? Yeah, so get my first book. It's, it's been out there. It's on Amazon. Discover questions. Get you connected. There's not anything in there that won't absolutely align with the new book, which you can now pre-order on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, wherever. It's, uh, it's called Stop Selling and Start Leading. And although it doesn't come out until March, I am putting a lot of information, a lot of the how-tos in various uh, places. So follow me on social media, and you'll get tons of information, and then you'll get the book, and it will have the research. And then there's a workshop that you can bring to your organization. So start now, and, and maybe it'll be a little bit of a slow build, but pretty soon you're going to be way ahead of the curve by starting now because this, this whole movement, Stop Selling and Start Leading These Behaviors, yeah. uh, they are attracting tons of attention. So get in early, and, and you'll be there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then for individual sellers, like um, small business owners, same same thing. They can get a copy of the book the same way. Or Absolutely. In fact, I encourage individuals to, to do this. And for organizations that want to do something bigger, um, they should also call me because we have some opportunities for extended learning packages if they're buying books for their entire team. So uh, that's pretty limited time. By mid-January, we won't be doing that anymore. Uh, but we'd your listeners who are hearing this and have an opportunity to, to respond more quickly could really get on something good. Yeah, boy, that is just great. Well, I, I really appreciate this. I mean, on, on a lot of levels, I appreciate all the research you've done to really get confirmation about things that I, I think a lot of us in this, you know, sales training space believe. Um, so it's nice to, to know that it's true and and also just you know putting it all together in a way that that individuals and sales managers and salespeople can absorb the information and also you know between the two books right really be able to come up with their process so that they can be more successful with their selling and and more effective with it moving forward and that's what it's all about salespeople work hard and sometimes they work harder than they have to, and they don't get the results that they're after. So I, I do believe buyers say, so I, that's why I believe it, buyers say, you don't have to do all that work. Just do this instead. Yeah. Yeah, someone said to me yesterday, sales, the hardest, easiest job there is. And I thought, well, yeah, <laughs> you know, your choice. Uh -huh. You do it one way it's going to be easier than you thought it was so it's listening to the buyers and what they're saying they want so get the book and find out what the buyers are saying they want so that's so great thank you so much deb i i really appreciate you um coming up both times i mean both just really really valuable and, th and that's the other good thing you know people can listen to both of these uh podcasts that now um are connected to each other so Thank well, you. thank you, Diane, for having me. Thanks to everybody in your audience who's listening. Absolutely. And, yes, I would like to thank the listeners as well and our sponsor. Uh, get your free trial and a free audiobook by going to audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth to sign up. Uh, make sure you get in on the pre-sale of um, Deb's new book, Stop Selling and Start Leading. And um, as always, continue to prosper and be curious. And until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day.
Hey friends, this is Jim Knight, former 21-year Hard Rock executive turned best-selling author and top 10 keynote speaker. And I'm Brant Menzwar, former frontman of Hollywood's most dangerous band turned top 10 motivational speaker and best-selling author. We host the how-to podcast, Thoughts That Rock, where we talk to rock stars, athletes, CEOs, astronauts, and even next-door neighbors who share their expertise and opinions. Together, we tackle the most interesting and challenging topics of today. Whether you want to learn how to become more confident, how to deal with anxiety at work, or how to write a hit song, or use Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in life, we've got hundreds of episodes to help amp up your life and move you forward. Subscribe to Thoughts That Rock wherever you listen to podcasts, and check out evergreenpodcast.com for more information.